Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the Inner Work Conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I am joined with a very special guest. Wendy, the completion coach, shares with us the power of self-reflection, intention and gratitude, how to create big shifts in your life using the power of your mind, what abundance really looks like and how to access it even when things are going to shit. And of course, we're diving into all things inner work with the objective of making you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. If you're a regular listener, again, I wanna thank you so, so much for being here. And don't forget to hit subscribe and tag me and Wendy in your social media platform of choice with your key takeaways. It really does help this podcast reach the people who can benefit most when you do share. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. So welcome, Wendy. Welcome, Witchy Wend, to the Inner Work Conversation. It's so gorgeous to have you with me, and it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time since we were face-to-face on here. I've missed it. (laughs) Me too. I know Wendy so, so well, because Wendy was my very first coach. I would love it, Wendy, if you just tell everyone a little bit about you and your journey so far. That would be longer than a podcast, but I'll narrow some some highlights. Completion coaching is very much about completing on old stories. Um, We get in our own way when we believe something that isn't true or that we've given our agreement to previously that we want to retract um, because we no longer offer our agreement to that version of us. But it's really hard to do it on your own. It's really hard to see sometimes what other people can see really easily. So holding people's hand to complete on those stories just lets them get out of their own way to becoming who they want to be, Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean an entirely new life, new start, new being, but a new way of responding, a new way of behaving and a new way of thinking. And that's very different, isn't it, from what you were doing before in your old career life. It's a huge difference, right? Massively. Um, I've had many, many, many jobs. Um, But for the last 10 years before coaching, I was a financial advisor. So I had a company with my sister. So yeah, very different. So what was it then that made you go, actually, I can see that this is, I can see this is meaningful work. Like I can see that actually to help people remove those stories or even rewrite those stories, which is definitely what you helped me do and those limiting beliefs so that they can move into whatever it is that they want to. What was it that made you go, yeah, this is me. This is where I fit and this is what I can give. Um, it was really accidental. At the age of 32, I had a, a life clarity moment let's call it that uh where I realized I was in the wrong relationship wrong house wrong friendship groups maybe there was lots going on that wasn't what I wanted to be doing after a couple of years of just numbing out by just getting drunk every weekend and pretending it wasn't happening to me looking at my mindset I started looking and getting interested in things I created a journal which was the notes to self journal back in the day and that then led me into accidental coaching I wasn't doing it on purpose. I found the people buying the journal were emailing me and I was coming back and looking at different ways as to why they couldn't get a journal completed. I then hired a coach 
primarily to help me with the journal to create a bigger business around the journal and we never talked about it once in the end it just became that I was going to become a coach and that there was this whole different avenue and I started the training and I coached people for free for a year uh, just to see if it really was as intriguing as I thought it was or if I'd get bored of it because I have a habit of flitting uh, and after a year of doing both jobs full on uh, I realized that I loved doing that for free so if I loved doing it for free every evening and the weekends imagine being paid for it uh, and that's how I then started to integrate it, charge people and start the business and built a bridge. I still stayed in both for nearly two years before I went full time as completion coaching and it became viable to replace my old income. Wow. Not the instant glorious abundant success that sometimes people like to label it. Uh, and I'm amazed at the amount of people that say to me, God, you came in fast or God, you did really well straight away or you did this and the other. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm. That's not true. Like I didn't go on a holiday for two years uh, because I had so much work to do with two jobs because we were trying so hard to make it possible for it to become my full time living. Um, it was, you know, it was keeping at it. It was being small and allowing that to be okay and growing it over time and allowing that to be okay. Thank you for sharing that. One of the things that I've noticed, and perhaps we'll get more into it, is there's a lot of noise online at the moment in terms of if it doesn't look like this, it's not success. If mm. things don't go like this, you're not in your feminine. I think there's a lot of ideals that are being presented at the moment that make it easy for you to go online and perhaps compare yourself to what success looks like perhaps to one person but to hear you say you know actually it was it was a lot of hard work and it was intentional hard work as well and there was challenges and same for me you know there's been challenge there's been struggle there's been adversity but when you hear someone who you look to as successful say those things it's actually really bloody reassuring yeah and it's one that whenever people say it to me I'm like that's not true uh, like that didn't happen it was hard work and there is nothing wrong with something being hard work um, I think within that noise sometimes it talks about the ease and how you can magnetize everything. You can magnetize your thoughts to your belief that it's worthwhile, that the work is what you want to do, that this is the right path, that this is where your happiness is being supported. I believe in that, uh, you know, and enjoying what you do, including the slog on the way there. Like, and I'll say this to a lot of people, when I had a thousand followers, I was as fully booked as I am now there is no difference. People get so caught up in how many followers I've got or what I look like if people first hit my profile. There's only so many people we can work with realistically on a one-to-one -one basis. Mm -hmm. I am still primarily a one-to-one -one coach. I do have a program. Yeah. Primarily my work is one-to-one. -one. There are so many people you can work with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to recognize that the majority of people that follow you are not to become your customer. So it doesn't reflect your success in any way what reflects your success is how interested you are in the ones that are interested in you yeah you know uh, and how much you can offer them to start to believe a different way of thinking and where they will take that rather than 
And I said this in um, an interview this week, but one thing I never used to understand was that I could change my mind. I thought changing your mind was going sort of, oh, I'll have that. Oh, no, I won't actually. My brain is telling me that, but that's not true. Every criticism I had of myself, even to the point of looking in the mirror and going out the door and going like, you can't wear that. Anything, I used to just be like, God, yeah, let's go and get changed. Right. Um, to the degree of who do you think you are? Like people like you don't do things like that. You're too old to, and you know, I'm in my 40s at this stage with this business when everybody else, when I initially started, was in their 20s. Mm. Uh, and it was like, who's this old crow that doesn't live in London that's going to come online and do X, Y, and Z? Um, who is she to do that? And initially, even at that point, I didn't understand from my mind that that was simply a security tag mm. that needed to be taken off if I wanted to leave the store. Mm. And it very much is. It's that alarm that goes off that says, oh, I can't go out there and brings you back in. But actually, it's about well, is it true? Is it still true? Even if it was true to me 10 years ago, is it still true today? Do I still agree with that? And where do I get it from? And changing your mind is being able to be really aware that when you have that thought, you have the right to challenge it. And that's what changing your mind is. You have awareness of it rather than that automated behavior because I thought that I've done this. There's this one second delay that makes you go, oh, I'm not sure I do believe that. Oh, that's getting in my way. That's something I need to learn about. That's something I need to get help on. That's something I need to, you know, go and talk to Sue down the road about or anything else so that we can get through it and change behavior. Having that awareness and putting it in practice is life-changing. Yeah, totally agree. To be able to do that, it requires a certain level of self-awareness. And one of the things that you said, actually right at the beginning, was sometimes you can't do that on your own. It's almost like you can see the results, you can see the outcome that those thoughts are giving you. I know for a lot of people listening who are leaders and maybe business owners, they can see the results of, yeah, you know, I can run that team meeting or I can make these difficult decisions, but I know that that takes all of my energy. I know that I go home and overthink about all of those things and where I said things wrong and where I might be losing credibility with my team. And they can see all of those results and the outcomes that they're facing, but they don't necessarily know how to see that they are sometimes coming from their own beliefs and their own stories that they're telling themselves about themselves and holding to be true. It starts with self-reflection. It starts with self-awareness. How did you know that? What was it that made you go, I'm going to create that and I'm going to start there? I think when I started learning about the mind, I had lists everywhere. Like you should start looking at the way you speak to yourself. You need to start looking at meditation. You need to start looking at how much water you drink. Believe it or not, when you are dehydrated, you make some really bad decisions. You need to look at how much sleep you've had. You need to look at, my first one included alcohol because when I had so much as a glass of wine, for three or four days, my thinking was blurred. My opinion of myself was much lower than the weeks I didn't. I found that I had a really different outlook on so many things. When I started to recognize that even when I was having a glass of wine with my Sunday dinner, on a Monday, I'd even be like, what's the point? Yeah. Why am I doing this? 
And when I didn't, I realized I had a really different mentality. So even that form of dehydration was having a big impact on my well-being. So I had all of these lists virtually around and I knew I wanted to do something and I was chunking down small tasks. And I was quite frequently saying to myself as I was doing things, oh, note to self, don't fall down that pit. Note to self, you're about to kick yourself in the shins here if you make if you say yes to this. So in my head, a lot of the time I was saying note to self, even when people were talking to me, like don't answer that the way you normally would. Note to self, stop, breathe. Um, so eventually I made that into notes to self journal. So I took all of these pages I had around the house I was ticking off every day and put them into one format. So that's where it came from. It was my reality. But it was that moment of if we can interrupt ourselves on a daily basis, you know, we can disrupt our entire lives. And disruption people see as a bad thing, but disruption means we get out of the same patterns of behavior. Um, and it's only then that you notice how autopilot you are. Mm. You know, when I, and you'll have heard me speak many times and say the same thing over and over again, it's that 80% of your thoughts are yesterday's. People think in their all or nothing attitude that we've got to get that down to like zero. And I'm like, no, if we change that by 1%, your life will be so different. If we change it by 2%, then again, it's a whole different level of awareness you've got. And I describe things like right move. When we are just doing what we do and we're in the mode of people like me do things like this or people like me can't do things like this, we have a filter on like I'm in this postcode, I'll look at this distance and I can look between this value and this value, show me. And that's all we're going to see. We'll never see a different property. We will only see those. And as far as we're concerned, that's my world that's what's available to me and through doing awareness through self-reflection through opening your mind to possibility you start to edge that open a little bit and all of a sudden you see something that was even a hundred pounds out of that bracket that's ideal and it is reachable but beforehand we'd said don't even show me it because I can't have that uh, and people think sometimes it's got to be this huge a leap into a different existence and it's just that actually sometimes that hundred pounds shift starts to show you a whole different world of possibility and then you can edge that out further and further the people that I work with a lot of them and a, pretty much everyone listening to this podcast episode they'll be a leader they'll be a busy business owner and the number one thing when it comes to self-reflection when it comes to journaling even is I haven't got time I just I haven't got time to build that into my day. I remember when I first started working with you and, and some of the practices that you would implement for me as the things that I would do between calls, they didn't take any more or less time than what I was already spending. So I just wondered if writing the journal for you, did that did that help you? Did that help you see actually, this doesn't need to be this arduous task. This doesn't need to be this, you know, like you say, all or nothing thing. It can, it can be easy. So easy. And that's, that was the point of the journal. Actually, this is, at the time that I wrote it, let us be clear that 30 something women who had a career and were, you know, let's say normal, I'm going to use that tag for myself, but we're just normal people, didn't journal. Mm-hmm. journals were for weirdos journals were for people that did yoga uh, for people that were having breakdowns for people that weren't sure it was very much on the side of mm, what what's wrong with you why do you need to do that rather than 
what is that give me one mm. so I tried to make it something that looked nice that was short that could fit in your handbag that was actually um unashamedly something that you could do as you know a really ambitious normal woman getting on with her life and the point of journaling isn't to do anything other than give you a moment to just be like who, who am I today how do I actually feel why am I doing the things that I'm doing what part of today had me in it uh, and if not we coast I coasted for 32 years and was just ticking off days got through today like ticking off days like I attended these meetings I returned these calls I paid these bills you managed to stay alive today I got that train I was getting through my to-do list and my ability to see the day was like almost I survived and I'd get in and get on the sofa and be like shattered like I can't be asked to eat well I can't be asked like pass me a glass of wine to unwind um and I'm going to bed after watching three hours of tv to unwind um and every day was the same when we talk about Groundhog Day, I was getting through the day and it, the success of the day was I, I got through it. I got through my to-do list. I returned those tasks. Um, and actually when I used the in journal, what the point of it was to set an intention. Who am I? Who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up? Who am I going to see? How do I leave them feeling? When I get home tonight, how do I want to feel? Mm. What impact will I have made on the day? What impact will I have made on the people I encountered today? That alone just magnified my world. I was suddenly a lot happier. I was intentionally going out of my way to see when I spoke to people, like, I wonder what impact I'm having on you. I wonder how I'm leaving your day. And instead of, I used to be, <laughs> when I worked in uh, corporate all my life and certainly in financial services, always responding, mm. always in response mode. Like, this has happened, right? How do we react? What do we do? How do we manage this? Uh, and I changed that into you know, I'm going to create, I'm going to empower people instead of holding a meeting and thinking this is awful, I've got to tell them to do this or do that. How can I leave them feeling really empowered? Mm. How can I have a difficult conversation rather than being scared of it before I even enter it? What am I expecting the outcome to be? Because I'm only going into it nervous and scared if I'm expecting it to be bad. How can I change that before I even open my mouth to I'm going to make you feel heard, seen, I want you to hear me. And the outcome of this is I want us to be able to work together. If you can have that intention before you even open your mouth, you're going to use different words. You're going to pause and let them respond rather than filling gaps out of fear. You're going to empower them to think of ways forward rather than dictating this is what we have to do. Mm. You can get people on board without forcing them, but by encouraging them. Yeah, 100%. The practices that you've just mentioned there, for anyone listening, there's so much value in what Wendy's just said. Because, for, and, and for anyone who, who's listening thinking, well, I just don't have time. I don't have, I'd love that. I love the sounds of what Wendy's saying, but I don't have time. Their thoughts, their intentions, it's the same amount of energy and time that you're spending on, but what if? And what if it goes wrong? And what if, and then I have to prepare these things for that conversation and this, and then I have to tick those things off the list. And it's a shift. And, and I'm glad that I've used that word because it's it's going to lead me on to something that I want to talk about in a sec. But it's a, it's a shift in the way that you are doing things and the way that you are thinking and using your energy as opposed to an addition, right? As, Definitely. Yeah. 
definitely you'll know from when we started together I get people to do affirmations when they have a week and when you're having a shower think about it when you're getting ready for the day who am I going to be today how do I feel what's going on with me am I in a good state to go into this today what do I need you're not adding time you're using that time instead of worrying instead of fretting instead of thinking I'm late I'm late I'm late it's to just be like okay who am I going to be in this meeting how's this going to affect people how do I want them to receive me on our commute when we're driving somewhere, when we're walking, when we're tubing somewhere, what are you using that time for? Are you looking at your phone? Are you listening to a podcast? Are you doing things? Or are you just giving yourself a minute to go, right, who am I going to be? You know, I've got up late. I'm on the route. Instead of being like, well, I can't do anything. It's like, what's the least you can do? You're going to wee. So have a word with yourself in the mirror. You're going to shower. Have a quick word with yourself in the shower. You know, you can do your gratitude when you're walking somewhere. I always ask people to find their gratitude in their lack. So if you are worrying about something or fretting about something, it's like, thank you for the reminder that this is beyond my control. Thank you for the reminder that I really want this person to respond well to this day. We don't have to be like, thank you for water. Thank you for my legs. Thank you for the, you know, the money in my bank account. We can be grateful for the opportunity to take our lack into gratitude. Uh, to raise the vibration of it. It doesn't take us any longer than it does to be thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. Mm. It's just yeah. a moment. Yeah, exactly. And so in all of that, you've it's almost like you've used your journey and everything that you've learned in that you've created then you've gone into really organically and naturally then you've gone into coaching people on a one-to-one basis and now when this episode is released will be the second round of the big shift which is your program Mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit more about that program and you know obviously you've run it once so some of the things that people have said and and the ways that that has helped the people who've attended already definitely your big shift came about because I can only work with so many people one-to-one as I said I'm a one-to-one coach primarily uh, and there were lots of people who also couldn't afford one-to-one coaching. Mm -hmm. So the shift was to take people through an eight-week guided live course. So it was a course, but I'm about completion. So I didn't really want people buying something and not logging into it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do it with them. Uh, And as we do it live, it's really easy then to pick up on where you're getting stuck uh, and to then move the coaching, to move the shift, uh, to make sure people had them. But the first four weeks were about recognizing your limits, recognizing where you were stuck, recognizing where your repeating patterns were, recognizing what you've created so far, dismantling those a little bit. The first four weeks were the most uncomfortable. People were like, oh, my God, (laughs) what is this? Why am I doing it? Uh, And then the final four weeks are about how we can change that story, how we can implement that in real life and make it easy. And somebody asked me what I wanted to be remembered for and it was just like making it easy it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be really far removed it's as easy as combining things with things that you already do you don't have to have this picture of a life that's on a postcard you can have a really fantastic life where you're at and it doesn't take much to change just a fraction of that which changes a lot of the reality um So yeah, it was to take people through that. And the idea of the live was the fact that people could bounce off of it straight away. I could see when you've logged in and when you haven't. So I could irritate the people that weren't doing it. 
Uh, and it had accountability emails. So every week people had to fill it in and send it back to me about what they'd actually learned that week or what they'd done in real life. Um, and they knew I was reading them and coming back to them. So it involved me very much holding their hand, despite the fact it was a group and I couldn't give them one for one time. Sounds amazing. And so you're running that again in March. That's yes. right. What do you as a coach get from seeing a group go through a program because it must feel different for you go taking people through that in a group setting it, it's um it's quite wild because you're very used to as a one-to-one coach seeing somebody mm. you can see them and you can feel where it's going and you can hear where they're at with it and you can see where they're stuck with the group coaching it's twofold a a little bit you're like I don't know because I can't see your faces. I don't know. And I don't know your stories and I can't learn all of your stories because it's going to be impossible. But in the same breath, receiving the feedback and getting the small glimpses of where this made sense, where this changed. And the beautiful thing about it was, is it took you back to the beginning. Sometimes within coaching, there's an element where you can start to attract people that have already gone through coaching that come to you. So you're dealing with people And specifically for me, a lot of people that come to me want to be coaches. Mm. To do this with people that wanted to be a whole vast array of things and finding wonder in their everyday lives again was so fulfilling. The energy in the room on those and seeing people bouncing around and going, oh my God, I've never heard it that way before. Mm. That's new to me. Uh, And just reminding you how bloody glorious it is to start this work. Mm. How glorious it is when somebody has that penny drop moment and goes oh I can control that I can do that and actually it can look different for me and that's okay and that's why one of my favorite sayings is abundance looks different on everyone because it really does you know abundance can be time money freedom joy happiness love it can be so many things uh and the amount can be so different for people to love it but abundance is a real joyous feeling and it's where we start to notice what we've got, what we've really got, what we really value and what we really want. Mm. But fundamentally, using and working with a group allows you to see how you can negotiate everybody's needs at once Mm. uh, and bring them back together. Because every week you're bringing them back together and bringing them back to being on the same page together, much like in corporate worlds. Uh, And it's, it's really nice to get people feeling empowered to do that for themselves what was lovely to see as an outsider looking in is because it's called your big shift and then seeing the feedback that people were giving the reason I asked that question I should have mentioned this in with context with my sort of career history I've done a lot of training I've run a lot of group training a lot of group programs and the one one of the things that I love about one-to-one is that connection, that deep, deep connection that you build. But one of the things that I love about group programs is because that there is that there's less of a intense connection and more autonomy, I suppose, for the for the person participating, for them to then go ahead and use the tools that they're learning to then go and implement them to then see their feedback at the end to say here's what I did with that here's how I implemented that here's the results that I'm getting it's almost like a whoa moment because you can see the impact that that's having on them and you can see that yeah you can see the shift the literally the shift that that's creating for them 
I also have seen feedback from people who've attended your abundance webinar as well. You talk a lot about abundance and I know from working with you personally that it's not just about financial abundance. It is also about everything that you just said, the joy, the the thoughts, the finding the abundant moments in the actual moment that you're in. There will, there will be a lot of people listening who are a little bit fed up with the online messages that they're receiving for no other reason than it feels like a million miles away from where they're at right now. You know, maybe their business is suffering because of everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And they're not seeing themselves as part of that abundance. They're not seeing themselves as being able to access that level of vibration, maybe. I think that the more evidence that you, the more real life in front of my eyes evidence that I have of, I can't see that. I hear what you're saying, but I can't access that because my business is going to shit or my team member has just left or, you know, all of the things that are going on. Some of them really devastating for some businesses. What advice or words of wisdom would you give when for someone who is in that space and they're really struggling to, they're wanting that abundance and they're wanting to feel part of that, but they're really struggling to access that. Yeah, and it's it's tough. I was, and I'm, I make no secret of it, I was 50 grand in debt at one stage. And I very much remember it being my birthday. I can't remember what year it was. And the government announced that part of the, business that we did no longer existed there was no warning it was just part of a budget that part of the product that we helped people with was just being wiped and we went from a business that gave us an income to overnight a business that was on its knees um with an awful lot of outgoings as well and we were just like excuse my language but but um and my outgoings were so high to maintain my debt it was just like, shit, there's not even a way that I'm going to make this money up. I can't go and get an extra shift somewhere and make this. We need to make it happen. But one thing um, I say is this, that abundance looks different on everybody. And abundance is a feeling. It is not anything in reality. The more we can recognize, and I know, please know that I know when we hear this, it's difficult. Money doesn't exist. It is an energy. The more that we can recognize that, you know what, I deserve a fair energetic exchange. Um, And then it turns up to what I'm going to give for what I'm ready to receive. It's also that part when things are really bad and it's it's difficult to see where you're going to take things or how it's going to come to fruition for you is to take the pause and be like, you know what, let me see what of this I've learned from. What was I doing wrong? What was I doing that um, I wasn't paying attention to? What money goes out? What and how could I get somebody's input for free? What could I exchange? What and how uh, can I take this debt and make it into something that works for me? There's so many shifts that can happen, but fundamentally it took paying attention to what I had rather than what I didn't have. Um, And that realistically then allows us to feel a little bit more abundant, having gratitude for what we have. Even as I say, using gratitude in that way, like, thank you for the reminder that I need to make sure my business doesn't stay on its knees. Thank you for the reminder. I had no idea this could happen to me. Uh, I'm bringing it into them planning this 
version of events that is happening right now is telling us and giving us information that we can't see when we just wallow in it. We have to rise to the surface and write it out. What's happening? How did it happen? What were the events that led to this stage? What can we do differently? What is possible? Where do I need to cut ties and go, actually, that's dragging me down. I can't maintain that element. What can we do and start to look at it that way? Because in that field, in that zoomed out perspective of looking at it and going, what can I learn? What can I take? Instead of staying under it and feeling like it's really heavy, we have an opportunity to learn from mistakes, ask for help. And asking for help has no shame attached to it. You'll be amazed at who you know, amazed at conversations you'll have and amazed at who knows who. You know, and within that, if I, it's small fry, but when I first printed the Notes to Self journal, who knew this existed, but I got conned by a print farmer who took £10,000 of my money, which was on credit card, to print a thousand copies of the journal, which he had no intention of ever printing. He was a con man. Like the numbers changed, the address changed, everything changed. And I found out afterwards he had conned thousands and thousands and thousands of people, had law case after law case. There's nothing you can do against someone like that because they just keep changing face they shaped you and I was just like that's it that's my sign that I'm not supposed to do this who do I think I am I always make mistakes with money this just goes to show I can't be one of those people I can't do those things and I was like well I can stay here or I can move why did I want to print it what was the point of it you know all of those things and then I found another way I told a company honestly I spoke to friends and told them I'd been scammed and they were like my boyfriend's in printing you should have said that I, I know Nick who does this and he will do this for you and he'll do a payment plan and you could do this up front and this at the end and I was like what and it all became possible but before that I had to open my mouth and say this bad thing just happened to me and I feel like an idiot and I feel like a bigger idiot because my boyfriend has said to me before I paid the bill you have checked him out haven't you <laughs> and I was like yeah of course I have he's a printer and then to come home and go by the way the printer and it wasn't like I found out it was a scam overnight. He he sent me fake print pictures of a print. He showed me a, a lorry that was leaving with what looked like these thousand journals on. And he would tell me every day, I don't know where it is. I don't know what's happening. He kept me on that hook for three months. And I was like feeling sick every day. Like, I know this isn't right. I know this isn't right. And you know what? We can all be fooled. We can all chase something or jump in too soon and make decisions we wish we hadn't. And hindsight's a bloody beautiful thing, isn't it? Otherwise it wouldn't exist. But what do we learn? Who do we tell? How do we share the story? What do we do differently? And how do we make it work? Second part of that journal is notes to self, making it happen. You know, we can make it happen. Even when we have adversity, there's always a way. But the more we share the more we're open to other people helping us, whichever way that help looks like initially, whether it's telling everybody, whether it's um, getting a coach, whether it's doing anything. There's so many ways and things and synchronicity that comes back in when we just go, right, what am I going to do? What can I do? How can I make this change? So the first run of that journal batch eventually still cost me money because when I sold them all, I still didn't get twice the money back. But it led me to this career. If I hadn't printed that journal and put it on Instagram, I wouldn't have become a coach. I wouldn't be sat here now. Regardless, if I hadn't stayed with it, I would still be in finance. And actually that company would have failed because it wouldn't have been able to maintain the amount of people we had in the company. Me leaving meant that company still exists. (laughs) So, you know, it's finding within it the ways forward, uh, overcoming shame, 
sharing, uh, allowing our humanity, humanity, put my teeth in, be just that. Um, and to empower ourselves sometimes. I talk about empowering other people to make decisions, but empower ourselves sometimes to be whatever we want to be, mm. rather than thinking, well, that was my one shot, you know? <laughs> so much in there and like so much in there and I'm so grateful for you sharing this the backstory behind you learning how to think abundantly and how to embody like truly embody the work because you know if I was to search on in, on Pinterest ways to feel abundant ways to think abundantly particularly in business there's such a one track way of looking at that concept Whereas when you link that to adversity, there's so many examples that you've just given there around, well, being abundant in that moment is being open to receiving support. Being abundant in that moment is actually looking at how did I get to that point and how can I learn from that and grow from that? All of those things you wouldn't class as in the category of abundance, but they are, right? Oh. Nick, I could give you so many examples there. One just sprang back up to me, like you haven't even mentioned that, but I opened a company. So when that news came about the company financial services, I went on to try to open a company. It was a yoga retreat for people, normal people, <laughs> as it was being done. Again, it lost money. It, it didn't go well. There were loads of things I did wrong, but the wealth of knowledge that gave me the wealth of information I learned in a really quick while we will learn in adversity so much easier and faster than we will learn in good states in good states we tend to amble along and things come up and we're like oh that's good that's good that's great that went well when it goes to shit you're learning at this rate that's like how quickly apple phones come out you're just like okay that's not to be done we're never repeating that that's the worst thing you can ever do you never go down that route you don't do that that wealth of abundance I got from every mistake I made has made this company an absolute dream, yeah. an absolute dream. The mistakes I haven't made due to that, the abundance of time, confidence and financial freedom that comes with that is, is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you're in the depths of thinking this is terrible and I'm on my knees, I promise you what it brings to you if you are willing to come to the surface and really dig into it will be an abundance of knowledge that you could not have gained through any other means. Such reassuring words, especially for right now. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, Wend, um, are you ready to jump into quick round questions? Go on then. Oh, go on then. Go on then. I'll try and keep it quick instead of rambling on. <laughs> I don't mind. First one, what's your favourite quote? Oh, there are several, but one that I like to bring out of the bag a lot um, is that abundance looks different on everyone. Please remember it. Please remember it. It's not a one size fits all. And another one to look at is, you know, we're always chasing the next income tier, the next job title, the next thing that's going to give us the security and quite often we're missing the everyday small things that are offering us that we're dismissing them as too small and that's the part when I say look at your abundance and see it for what it is now it's just we spend so long time being distracted looking over there I need to get to that tier that job title that next 
um, you know, bit of security. And in fact, the pennies that we need to nurture and look after are the things that compound effect give us what we're looking for in that job title, in that next income bracket. We'll find it the sooner we stop chasing that and looking at where we are. Thank you. A resource I'm loving is? Um, meditation. It's free. Um, and or you can do it in many different ways. But for me, meditation has offered me more clarity uh, and more rejuvenating moments than anything else. So if, if anybody's going to pick up a habit and you can meditate in so many ways, it's just like there's no excuse. You can put a, a sleep meditation on. You, you're going to go to sleep anyway, so don't worry about it. It will offer you a lot more freedom than you thought. If you could go back to the beginning of being a business owner, what would you tell yourself? Strap in. <laughs> Strap in, enjoy the ride, and be a little bit less serious about it. It is not going to define you. Mm-hmm. You're going to define it. And then lastly, thriving in life and business to you means? Enjoying it. Enjoying it. Um offering yourself more joy from it thriving in my life means actually enjoying my life instead of being so worried about my business I never have a life Uh, and enjoying my business means that it supports my life in a way that makes me feel good in a way that offers me expansion and expansion doesn't mean more money expansion sometimes means that my mind gets opened to new things that I hadn't explored and that my business is very expansive in that way you know the possibilities that are now open to me in my mind are not yet in reality but they will be because I've accepted the possibility expansion expansive Uh, I think we can be expansive in so many ways but people think expansion is I'm getting premises hiring 10 staff and my turnover is this be be really open to expansion coming in many different ways thank you Wendy you've been a joy thank you so so much pleasure thank you for inviting me for a start I appreciate it so thank you I'm sure after listening to this that you will all want to go and find Wendy and will want more of Wendy in your life Wend where is best for us to go and get you and get more of you still Instagram at the moment it's about the only place that I do show up uh don't look for me on Facebook (laughs) Uh, and that's at the completion coach Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes that we've referred to today and Wendy's socials. Thank you so much, Wend. Oh, we really could have chatted all day. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As promised, Wendy's details are going to be in the show notes alongside with how you can join her upcoming programme, Your Big Shift. As well as that, I do also want to remind you that the doors open very soon to Thrive Together, which is my own membership for leaders to get the support and confidence that they need to thrive. So I'll also link that in the show notes. If you've registered already onto the waitlist, you can expect a special offer coming to you before the 26th of Feb, which is when the doors will open. And with that, 
As always, I'd love to hear your key takeaways from this episode. So if what we've shared today did resonate with you, don't forget to screenshot this page and share it on your social media platform of choice, remembering to tag me and tag Wendy. It really helps this channel to grow and it really helps me to see what's resonating with you too. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.